0: you <music>
1: brilliant minds and looking at the world around them how do they 360 themselves and 360 the world jamie Neil, the host asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them hello welcome back to 360 yourself well, i hope you're having a beautiful morning as always making sure that you're having Your teas. Um, Obviously, I prefer coffee, but it gives me too much anxiety. So at the moment, I'm on teas. But hopefully, you've had a moment to reflect on what you're doing for uh, the rest of the day. But also, it is a Friday, um, and I'm talking to uh, the brilliant Nat or Natalie, who's the founder. (laughs) Um, of a brilliant, brilliant organisation called Small Green Shoots, which is they're celebrating their 10th anniversary. Can you imagine that? Ten years doing something and they're doing some brilliant work within the music and creative industry. And I'm really excited to talk to her um, about it. Um, and I know she's such a, I'm, I'm talking to her right now, actually. And she's literally smiling so much. I'm so excited <laughs> to uh, have a conversation. Um, hey Nat, how are you doing?
2: I'm fine, Jamie, and thank you so much for reminding me how much older I'm getting with the 10 years. But yeah, 10 years it is, and I'm going to try and look at that as achievement rather than think about my ever-increasing lines.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they always say that it takes 10 years to make a master of your craft or 10 years to make a company, and you've achieved that. I mean, did you ever think about when you first started the company that it was ever going to reach 10 years, and hopefully it'll go to 15, 20, 30 years' time? I think I was
2: too busy trying to survive off extra value pizza bread from Morrisons when I first started Small Green Shoots to worry about if I was going to make it to 10 years. I think I just wanted to make it to the end of the week fiscally, to be honest with you, Jamie. But no, now you, now you, now you mention it, it's a bit of an achievement. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, I, I want to know how did it all start? Because I'm assuming you were in the kind of creative industry beforehand and, that, and then you saw something was wrong. Um, but also just tell us kind of what about is Small Green Shoots? So
2: Small Green Shoots is, um, we're a charity now, actually, and we are a youth-led charity. So we don't just um, champion young people from disadvantaged backgrounds, but they actually play an active role in running the company and they choose the entire program here. So we have, um, we really believe in um, a concept called Education by Stealth. Uh, which is that you learn by doing like if you tell young people yes this is a training course this is a program it's kind of they're going to just opt out Whereas if you give them loads of responsibility and you don't micromanage them um, and you give them the kind of tools to run something independently they learn a lot faster um, and they enjoy it while they're learning as well they take things a lot more seriously so we've got young people here that are trained in zero they manage our accounts they work with our accountants uh, managing our day-to-day finances we've got some that are trained in fundraising so they help me with applications to keep the company floating Um, we have others that are trained in content production so they'll be tuning into this soon Jamie to pick holes in it I'm sure Um, and loads uh, loads of others that are trained in things like events and um, Adobe Suite for example for, for production and administration for example so all of those skills that go into making a successful company are what they learn and they they run the company. My job here is to just make sure that they have the strategy and enough money to deliver against their program. So each one of them has a budget and a time scale. And um, I always just tell them, right, you've chosen to do this project, you've chosen to do this activity, just uh, make sure it's not crap because I
1: know where you live. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was reading that it, it, 85% are non-graduates when joining. And, I, and I, I, I talk to a lot of people about Actually, the education system. I when I was uh, studying uh, many many years ago, I didn't feel like the education system was, was did work for me because I was too. I wasn't very academic. I was very creative, and I always believed that. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to like a university, and I, and I, I got I, I got a degree. I always say to people, do mm-hmm. you really go to university or, or to study to mm-hmm. learn skills, or can you actually just do it on set or on, mm-hmm. on the job and actually just be better and because I know loads of people who haven't gone to university yeah we left college at uh, 16 17 who became runners or did or did internships um at advertising companies and and are ahead of the game now in terms of their age because they started early and they didn't go to university and they just learned on the job
2: you know Jamie I heard about that in your previous podcast about your you know your your thoughts on that and um experience that you had and i thought yeah this is definitely a guy that's going to understand where we're coming from here because you know you know in our field there is nothing better than practical experience you know um theory all day long isn't going to cut it when it comes to the real life experience and just getting the job done and taking the initiative and and finishing so um to a, a large extent i agree with you of course you know there's a place for university but I have to be honest with you. We have um, two young people here that went through university, and both of them said that next to what they did here in three months, it was a complete waste, really. Um, I, I choose not to think that it was a waste of their time. You know, they're young people, they're quite polarised. Um, but what I can say is that um, they've learned so much, they've really got a lot out of the process of doing, you know, mm. um, and the real life experience of that rather than you know, simply just, you know, sitting in a classroom and and theorising on what it might be like. I think also the real life experience in our sector is quite, it's quite fast-paced sometimes. You've got to be able to be responsive, you've got to be able to commit, you've got to be able to work in a team, It's all those soft skills that are just so important and you don't use those until you go into that work environment. Mm
1: -hmm. It's so so true though, but I just, I, I just, because even like the tuition fees, I mean, I, I think my thing was, I think my tuition fee was like 3,000 and then it like the year later went oh, to five thousand, wow. and then also I hear like a friend of mine just going, is going to UCL uh, soon and she's now like, oh, I've got to pay 15,000 or something like this and I'm like, oh, it's crazy, it's crazy. crazy. But then we, but then you look at like other places in like Sweden and uh, Norway and they pay for the education system. And yeah,
2: like, yeah. Well, we used to to have the same here, used to be paid for here, you know, but you're absolutely right, in a way, it's like, it it can be a real disincentive, like, we champion young people from low income backgrounds, so, um, you know, families that that don't have much money, and university debt is a big thing, you know, debt is not a, it can be a very scary thing for some families, you know, I remember um, one young person told me, I'm never going to university, and I actually said you know what for what you know i think you'd actually be good if you could work while you were doing it da, 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 da. Um, which is quite rare because usually you know i work with kids that don't see themselves back at any before but she blatantly was and she wanted to get into music hr mm-hmm. so um i said to her look you know if we can make it work can so we give it to Because i would never go to university because i'm never ever going to be in debt now said, what do you mean she said that to me is a scary guy with his foot in his door like right, trying to trying to tell me that I have to get my mum out of the bath and I'm scared and I'm never ever going to be in debt. And I just thought to myself, wow, you know, this is, this is really serious. You know, so many young people I come across, they are really put off by debt. That is a very scary thing for them. Mm. So, you know, they do look, up, look for other avenues and we're glad to be able to supply one here at Small Green Shoots. I just wish we could open it up more. We just, we just don't have the resources to open it up for everybody that wants to be a part of it, unfortunately. Mm. But hopefully that will change.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's funny because I, I have a lot of friends who are in America and New York and, and debt for them is just a normal part of their, their life. Most mm-hmm. people have debt in America and it's just a normal thing. But over here we're a bit like, oh, debt. But everyone has a credit card in America. So it's a very different way of living. Jamie,
2: you're absolutely right. But also there's the other thing as well. Like, you know this as well as I do. Um, you know, a lot of the work you get is experience and you don't get paid for that. So I started doing work experience and I had to work at a gentleman's outfitters, if you don't mind um, every weekend just to pay for my travel and my lunch Um, but lucky enough I lived at home so I could afford to just you know live off you know whatever five pound a day budget I had Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of young people can't do that and if you expect them to work for free they actually can't afford to do that Mm -hmm. so again what that does is it produces this huge you in the creative industry so a lot of people going into it are from middle class wealthier households and people from our backgrounds don't have the access to it if you like and and that creates another unlevel playing field
1: mm-hmm. and so why, why particularly did you focus uh, for the, the company on the kind of music and the creative sector rather than Accounting or any other kind of sector that that also that is is difficult to to branch into if you don't go to university or you're from a lower uh, income family.
2: You know, I think because I fell into the industry, I I actually did do a degree, and I thought I was going to be a great journalist. My idols were Kate Abey and and John Snow, and I just really thought I was going to, you know, I was going to. I was going to go into the world of journalism and be a war correspondent. And you know, my internship that I worked for three—I was at the Mail on Sunday. But so guess what? <laughs> Didn't quite work out.
0: Mm. Um,
2: and I was really um, crushed. You know, I'd studied for eight years. As you know, got myself—I was the first one on both sides of my family um, to go to university. It's really big deal. Um, uh, Irish Jamaican background. Um, from the east end, and I just thought, my God, I'm 22 and I failed already. You know, uh, chance meeting, I met someone, and ended up doing some inter- interning in a, a music production company in a studio, mm. and I just saw around me that there wasn't, like you said, there wasn't that kind of, it, there wasn't a a, a set form to get into to music i could see that you just needed a set of skills and a kind of attitude
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you know the ability to kind of make something out of not very much um and i thought God, i grew up with loads of people that could do this job you know they don't know these jobs exist they've never even heard of what an R or you know a pr or a music supervisor is but actually you know there's a lot of kids i grew up with that have got quite innate skills in this area and what would be stopping them getting in? It's access, it's knowing these jobs exist. And it's that age old adage, which is, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I think T- that's T- what we try and break down at Full green it's,
1: it's like that for any any industry. Mm-hmm. You, look at, like, you look at like, look at uh, consulting or jobs, or uh, when I like know someone or somewhere, and suddenly they, they put, it's just the right timing, and they're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. Jamie, Jamie's free, because I know Jamie, or whatever it is. Yeah it literally is about knowing people, and it, it, and I think it's not just in the music sector, but or the creative sector. It's in every sector of work. I mean, as much people say, you work really, really hard or whatever. You just have to. You have to know the right person and the and the right timing. And life is all about timing as well. You can push and push and push, but sometimes it's just not the right time for people.
2: Jamie, you're right, but at the same time, it's really cyclical because. So, you know you've got to think about it it's like certain people just know certain people their circles aren't that big the people that they relate themselves to are people that look like them or people that come from the same places they come to come from mm. do you know what i mean it's like those are going to be in their circle so it's really it gets quite incestuous it's just feeding off the same type of people that feed off the same type of people and then what that tends to do is it kind of. Um, discourages movement from other areas, you know, other diverse communities or from low income places where they don't have that kind of contact base. So I think we've got to really think about, you know, opening it up and being a little bit more open-minded and just saying oh you know what they're available i know them i feel safe with them they they sound like me they look like me let's just let's just do that you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah and, it, and it's all it's all about like knowing that those jobs exist like i mean yeah if, but uh, some, yeah. some people still even though they're working in the music world still don't know what a commissioner is like yeah uh, like, Absolutely, or, or like a radio plugger for instance I mean these really <laughs> random jobs that you would never really I would never ever know about them unless I unless I worked in that I mm-hmm. like, ask questions going why is that person on set oh it's the commissioner oh okay 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 that's cool but like you wouldn't, exactly. you, know, you, wouldn't you wouldn't you don't ever, get it
2: at careers at school do you like, I come mean, on. careers well, at school well, hello,
1: hello. <laughs> well I mean even my careers advisor when I was at school I was like well I'm gonna go into the arts I'm gonna do this 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 and she was a bit like all right then, I don't really know how to get into that and I'm like, okay, thanks, well, I, already, I already know because um, I, yeah, I was very curious and asked mm. questions when I was younger and I'd, I had a lot of mentors and stuff but oh, yeah, that's great. When, when you're younger the even the, career, I think the career advisors in, in school like from before 16 need to be better and need to know yeah. more about kind of not every industry but just kind of yeah. where to kind of go because 100% my, my yeah. I had no idea about wasn't creative, she was more like so she knew about mm. like universities for like law and accounting and all that sort of thing but anything to do with art she had no idea so I was a bit like so you can... anyone who didn't know or have the information like I did would just be stuck and gone well I'll just go to my local university and just study whatever they wanted like graphic design or whatever but actually anything, mm-hmm. anything that wasn't graphic design they might not have known that because my, my creative advisor just didn't know anything so I well, don't worry. I was
2: told to be a travel agent and then work at Thomas Cook. So there you go. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so, what, so what, what do you do when you're not doing kind of green, uh, small green shoot? Like, what? How do you relax? How do you kind of get your inspiration? Where do you go?
2: So, in that seven and a half minutes of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah it's it's not that kind of job that you just get a lot of free time in and it's not very easy to switch off from as well because like you said I cast I'm not just what the know I have to be there who the know so I have to do a lot of stuff after work going to things um, making connections contact um, networking as much as I can uh, which is always like a bit grimace but if you know you're doing it for other people it's really not that bad because you know it's a lot more rewarding um so i'm out a lot i don't see a lot of things i'm always trying to keep abreast of what's hot in music what's what's out there film wise or event wise because it's not just about the music industry it's about teaching our young people to have transferable skills yeah. no job is for life anymore so it's one thing as we as we have very recently found out haven't we um so no job is for life so it's very much about um giving them the skills that they can work across sector, Mm -hmm. and they could find themselves in a new position somewhere else. Um, So it's really important that I'm still making those contacts. I suppose I'm still ultra passionate about music. Um, And to be honest with you, maybe something about that careers advisor for GCSE level was right, because I am an avid traveller. I'm abroad at least six times, seven times a year. there's nothing like being in an airport. Maybe not right now, but there's um, no, nothing like being that. in an airport and decompressing. You know, yeah. knowing you've done all the work that you can do. Yeah. And from here on out, you can keep busy doing something else. I'm not very good at doing nothing. So, you know, I have to. I can't just sit on a beach. I have to go and see stuff, do stuff, be in an old town, try stuff, explore yeah, no, stuff.
0: So,
2: you know, go, I don't know, um, go on a helicopter somewhere or sure. jump what out of something. What's what?
1: What's your star sign?
2: I'm a Pisces.
1: Pisces. I'm Gemini.
2: How are you? I don't even know how any of it works for the honest of you. Uh-huh. You're going to tell me something about myself? No, it's just because it's, just, it's like, you. You can, my darling, because it's
1: just, you. Just, just a, just a cur- You have a curiosity in, of nature, so which is always really great. I mean, and it's, it's it's difficult for people like our star signs to sit still. You have to be have to be kind of keep doing things, not so sort of thing. I mean, as much as I do like like maybe like one day on holiday to sit on the beach and just drink mm. and go for the, 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 the sea to I the bar. I can
2: picture it now, Han. I can picture it now.
1: That was me. That was me two and a half weeks ago in Italy. Literally, <gasps> it's sitting at the beach in between the bar and the sea, just doing that. And I had one day, but the rest of the, the rest of the time I was traveling around yeah see, going on boats or yachts or whatever it is and just and seeing seeing the world and actually yeah you've got
2: ants in your pants in it yeah, yeah like me you've got ants in your bleeding pants haven't you? yeah yeah absolutely like, I'll sit there for like two hours and then I'll be like what do I do next you know yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if it's good though because a lot of people do say to me that you you need to relax I, I, I almost have a little fear about it like even when I go to bed at night I have a notepad next to my um my bed and I I list, I have to listen oh, this is really embarrassing I don't believe really I'm telling you this I have to listen to this um this podcast which um tells you stories very descriptive stories that go nowhere just to just so I can sleep just calm well, myself down where do they go then do they go nowhere where do they,
1: they, go?
2: they do you know what hopefully by the end of it I don't know babe because I'm asleep that's kind of the reason I listen to oh. it <laughs>
1: Is it? But no, it, it,
2: it will be like, um, it'll be something like um, the palaces of Versailles and they take you on kind of like a tour of it, you know, but it's all very descriptive and visual. But I've got to do that just to sleep, just to switch off.
1: Yeah. And that, that
2: probably isn't 100% healthy, is it? No. But it's, it's better than vodka. It's I, better than I, vodka, I, isn't
1: it? I've had, well, yeah, better than drinking. I'm not too coffee at the moment. I think I'm doing... heard.
2: Uh-huh, how's that going?
1: Yeah, it's going well. So I'm... Not
2: even coffee, right?
1: Yeah, not even coffee either. So mm-hmm. I'm doing, I've done two weeks this week of not, not drinking. And I'm, I think I was told by, I'm, a, I'm an avid talker um, with random people that I meet. So I was at, a, I was at a, a restaurant yesterday and I was talking to the bar woman who was serving me um, like a, apple juice, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And um, cool. she, was, she I was saying on my detox and uh, funnily enough, she studied a degree in something to do with like the brain and whatever it is. And she was saying, after twenty-one days, that's when you start becoming um, your habitual behaviour start starts becoming anew, and you start producing natural serotonin after twenty-one days. Because obviously, alcohol gives you serotonin. Okay. So actually, if you are going to do a detox of anything, you need to do it longer than twenty-one days, because that's when you start producing your natural serotonin. So I was. Oh, I need some uh, of that. So I was like, well I'm not gonna do two weeks now, I'm gonna do a whole month. So then mm-hmm. I a week of producing my natural serotonin, so now I'm doing a whole month of detox. What day are you on now?
2: You're trying to break the back of this, aren't you? What uh, day are you so, on now?
1: So Sunday would have been two, my second my second week. So <gasps> Okay, yeah, not bad. I've, now I've done over two weeks and I haven't really missed it. I did but to be fair though, I did go to a party last week till four AM and played <gasps> beer little raver. pong. But I played with beer pong with water. No way! You lasted that long. I lasted. You are, long. you are actually a legend. I know. Really, I'm just, really I'm just really very determined. I was like, I'm not gonna drink, so I just didn't. But I wanted to go see my friends and stuff. but everyone was obviously drinking around me and a bit, yeah, uh, a, bit, a bit tiddly and stuff. And and um, a bit,
2: they get a bit boring, don't they, when they're drunk? They're, they think they're funny and they're really no, not, in it.
1: No, they were going absolutely mental. My friends and I was <laughs> in the corner and, and, and the thing, and I. But I but I woke up the next morning and my two friends were absolutely uh, so hungover. It was unbelievable. And I was oh. so fresh as a Daisy. for breakfast. Yeah, really <laughs>
2: annoying.
1: Yeah, I was I was loving life. I was like, oh, I bet funny. they loved you. They did, they did, because I made breakfast for them. So. Oh um, well, that
2: that's good. That's good then. Otherwise, they'd just be hating on you, wouldn't they? Like, God, oh, so fresh-faced. How annoying.
1: Literally, <laughs> literally. But I mean, I'm enjoying it though. I mean, because I usually drink. I think because obviously. When you go before before COVID, we would go out to events and branded, and, mm. and we'd be meeting people, networking, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'd be drinking quite a lot. So now um, I'm drinking not as much not as much as I probably used to before lo- before lockdown. But I'm still mm-hmm. going out and I'm still drinking and stuff. And, and you always forget, like, actually, how much um, alcohol is surrounded by the fashion and music world. Oh, um,
2: so much. And yeah, you're right.
1: When you go meet people, when you go in uh, to meetings, or whatever, it's just very common to have a glass of wine mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. want to get in and stuff. And I think it's. 100%. Great.
2: Yeah. And also, you don't want to put people on edge. Have like, you I mean, noticed sometimes when you're not drinking, I mean, you know, people will either assume you're pregnant or something's wrong. Maybe yeah. not in your case, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, so you just kind of there you put them on edge if you're not drinking so i i can imagine that it can be quite challenging so now might be a really good time for you to do it when it's there's not so much pressure to like go out and do this stuff because yeah i feel it too i i'll go and just have one like oh you know i'm trying to be good that oh come on you know people don't like to drink alone and very much the music industry i agree with you but it can be a slippery slope because it it becomes the norm you know and you're having two and then before you know it you're having three and then that becomes the norm, you know. Yeah. So it's one of those things you do have to kind of keep
1: stock on, and especially you, as you get older. And also, do you encourage your? Because obviously, the the music world and and the creative sector is is done by or is is made by friendship. Mm. Not like business, yeah. where like yeah, um, networks, yeah. yeah. Do you how do you do you encourage your kind of people that who who are under the kind of to, my young shoots yeah yeah to to go out and to network and to, and to go to these drinking things and very
2: do you know what I actually I know that that is going to give them the confidence because a lot of them when they come they don't have connections they don't come from you know the kind of backgrounds that have entitlement you know so mm-hmm. they are very nervous and very um. Uh, worried about what people are going to think about them or fitting in and things like that so yeah of course I encourage us to go out and network not to drink but to go out and see new things meet new people um but that that is on my mind I do think about that sometimes because that does go hand in hand but you know like I I say I, I can't change the industry myself I can't do it I can only be there who you know and try and you know, help give them the right connections
1: and yeah, um, yeah. I'm banking
2: on them, you know, changing the
1: industry and, yeah, yeah. you know, things
2: changing for their generation.
1: Well, you, you, seem, to be, you seem to be doing uh, an amazing job because I also read like you did 100% have gone into permanent jobs mm. or higher education scholarships directly after leaving Small Green Shoes. right. So you must yeah. be doing something, something very, very amazing for, that, for them to be so equipped and, uh, and have all the information for what they need to go into the world and, and do the creative sector.
2: It's just like I said, it's really intuitive. It's not a, a program. They come in here and they, they talk about what area of the industry or the creative that they want to go in. And then we literally set them up on meetings with people that are doing that kind of work from the outset. So we're knowing all the skills they've got to have, the characteristics, the, you know, the training they've got to have, and then we implement it very quickly. But mm-hmm. we're quite rigorous and I'm quite old school, so I'm quite demanding. So you know, I expect them to work until the work is done. Um, we invest in their training. I expect them to complete it early so that we can get on with other things. Mm-hmm. We run a, at the moment it's a Zoom homework club, but we run a, a physical homework club, you know, for finishing those training courses under supervision so that we can be there to help them if they get stuck. Um, yeah, we, um, we put everything in place so that they can finish everything, you know, very thoroughly, very early. And then we send them off on secondment so that they can put that training and that experience into practice.
0: They mm-hmm. can actually
2: see, oh wow, I've actually they always say they say um I didn't realise how much I've learned in such a short space of time. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
2: why we call it education by stealth. They they're doing it. They're all the time, they're constantly doing, doing. It's target related. Finish this, then we've got to do this. We're working towards this event, we're working towards this activity, we're working towards this production. Mm -hmm. Then go out and do your secondment. And then they apply the real practical knowledge, like you said, it counts for so much, um, into the workplace and that instills the confidence in them Mm -hmm. that um that lets them have progressive careers rather than just jobs. I always say like it's not about jobs. I want them to be decision makers. I want them to be disruptors of the of the
1: current culture.
2: You know, yeah, I want yeah. them to to get to those executive levels. You know.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I I only wish I had an organization like yours and other ones that I know of that when I was growing up because I think it's the the key to for me of the, of curiosity is learning, and I think
0: mm. it's so
1: difficult to go. I really, read you're, your. Uh, striving just to keep learning, and, and, and you can mm. do it obviously by yourself, by because we have Google and all these amazing programs and stuff. But actually, to have an organisation where it gives you the tools to learn, if you are very, there's there's two types of people that a friend of mine who's just become a partner at McKinsey Company, um, and a, a brilliant banking uh, banking consulting thing, and he said a really too, he said a really profound thing yesterday to me, and he said, um, you are you either um a person that is born into or are born as a person to be uh, achieving, so you're an achieving person, or you're a person in life that is just to be. And you're either like the person who is, is gunning for like achievements and just keep going goals, or you're the other type of person who is just being, being present in life. And I always believed that if I, I'm a very um, achiever, I like to achieve things, I like to set goals. And so if you're a person like, like me who wants to keep going, mm-hmm driving but some but you don't know where to get the information from you're not part of an organization becomes so frustrating because you just want to keep learning and it's so amazing that you have a an organization which gives the people who are who are these achievers to actually give them the tools to be able to keep learning and keep growing and become the execs become the creative directors or become founders of their own company and stuff
2: yeah i mean like you said as well I mean everybody's going to hit walls um after confidence I think the next most important thing is resilience and Mm -hmm. you know not only do we help them take ownership of of all their projects that they do here you know one of the hardest things they do is watch them fail you know, yeah. they can, they can, you can see, it's like a car crash in slow motion. You know, how many times I can't tell you that you can see a problem that's just about to happen that they haven't considered or they haven't thought about or they haven't risk assessed. And the hard, one of the hardest things is watching them make this mistake. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing is, is that they know that they can, rec- we, we, again, we don't micromanage, My, they'll turn and look at me and I'll totally blow them out because that's what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. But then I'll
2: say, well, what are you looking at me for? Go and fix it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and they'll use the team, and they will bounce back. And I think that's such an important lesson that it's you good, can,
0: yeah.
2: you know, things, you know, things happen, but you can, you can recover. You can put yourself out there. Things don't always go well, but you can recover. It's okay, you know. You're, you know, it's not the end of the world. And I think a lot of our the young people that I work with, they're so nervous to look stupid that they don't want to put their hand up. They don't want to give an idea. They're so worried about, you know, failure. Yeah. Yeah, really so weird. much, so, so is, really, so worried it's about failure, fail. looking bad, not recovering, you know, how it's going to influence other people against them, really self-conscious, and we try and kind of take that away and just say, look, you're going to fail anyway, you are going to fail at some point, but mm-hmm. it's okay, you know, people aren't
1: watching that so much, you, you can recover from it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what would you, what would you say, giving back to kind of the youth, uh, youth of the company? Like a quote or phrase, I always let leave it on.
2: Oh, you segue me so well, there, Jamie. Honest to God, anyone who thinks we've been friends for years, (laughs) (laughs) just terrible. Um, So it's really just what I said. Um, Everyone knows I say this as well. Shit happens. It's how you fix it that counts. Yeah, because that's what I'm looking at. You know, when I'm looking at the shit, I'm looking at how is your recovery? Because it's gravity. You know, things are gonna go wrong. Things are gonna happen. You know, that's life it's how you fix it it's how you hold yourself tell yourself and plan forward and remedy it that's what is the most important thing i think in life you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what you kind of i would judge myself on okay i fell but how did i get myself off did i trample on anybody else or did i just tug and pull and you know get myself off the ground i think if you wanted to go a bit deep then um my favorite quote is by um ralph emerson and it's it's the one about laughing to laugh often and much, you know. Nice,
1: nice. And it's
2: it's a quote about succession, and I just think it's the most beautiful quote. So, if any of your listeners have got a minute to to Google the succession quote by, um, I think it's legacy quote actually by um, Ralph Emerson. I think they will be um, they'll they'll be on the same page as me if they appreciate that it's a beautiful quote.
1: Good, good, good. Well, I want to say thank you so much for, for your time and it's really lovely to chat. Thank you. People.
2: It was so <laughs> lovely to talk to you
1: too. Yeah, and it's, it's great to meet people and, and to talk to people who have the same values and, the, and think, think alike as well. So thank you very much for that. And I know people... Good luck
2: it. with your detox as well. I'm going to be thank thinking you. about you in a, in a week on Sunday.
1: Yeah, keep updated with the with the podcast because I I'll keep mentioning it in, my, in the podcast of all the people that I keep meeting and i be like yeah I'm, I'm now in week three okay now week 4 we You're just doing this for
2: cheerleaders, aren't you? Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Isaiah, uh, thank you very much again, and um, everyone that's listening, please do come back and listen to all the amazing episodes. And if you have a moment, uh, go on to Apple Podcasts and rate and comment on our our episodes because we really love it when you do engage with us so thank you very much and thank you Nat thank you this is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes they are released every Sunday at 12pm we are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360, and our host at Jamie Neil JN. Thank you for listening.